Madhumita Swaminathan is a product manager and business model innovator. For over 10 years in her career, she has worked hands-on on entrepreneurial ventures in large multinational corporations. She has a unique experience of working on ground-up innovations, being nimble and agile in startup-like environments with the process backup of large organizations. Welcome to another episode of Seabreeze's Women's Council. Our guest for today is Madhumita Swaminathan, and we will be talking about business model innovation in the times of VUCA. Hi, Madhu. Welcome. Thanks, Maria. Thank you so much for having me over. I'm really looking forward to the session. It's a pleasure to have you here with us. So, business model innovation in times of VUCA. Tell us. Sure. Uh, so, uh, like, you know, before we get into business model innovation, just a little bit brief about what got me really interested in this particular topic. So I've been in product development space for the last 10 years across various aspects of product development, right from opportunity analysis to uh, looking at uh, uh, white spaces um, to looking at developing minimum viable products, developing products as such, and finally looking at go-to-markets for product. And having worked across all of these areas, one particular aspect which really picked up my interest is on the business model innovation itself. I attended a short course with UC Berkeley uh, looking at business model innovation. And what interests me in this topic is how do we look at existing businesses and just look at newer customer segments, newer channel partners or looking at uh, changing from, um, let's say like, you know, having a one-time payment to a regular subscription charges. How do we keep the existing business intact, but change uh, certain aspects of it in order to come up with newer innovations? So uh, that is uh, my interest in this topic of business model innovation and all the more with how things have been changing, with how environments have been volatile. And like we say, change is the only constant now I think business model innovations are more relevant than ever before. And hence, uh, you know, my interest in this topic. Wonderful. So the motive for more for most companies to go through or to come to someone like you, is it financial? Is it for them to develop and go next step financially or organizationally? What's the most common? So the most common uh, thing is that a change has happened and uh, like, how do we deal with this change? Do we completely look at a new area? Do we look at an existing area? Do we want to penetrate deep or explore more into this area? Or do we exploit something which we've not seen before? So basically, um, organizations are typically used to running what has been happening for so many days. So if they have a product, they're used to you know seeing how do we increase the revenue of that product? How do we look at more sales for the product? But then when there is any uncertainty which go comes in, then there's a lot of confusion. Which way do we take? Do I still continue with my existing product? Do I try something totally new? And I think that change or that confusion is where there is a need to look at which way do we travel. Okay. So what questions do we need to ask for before we look at continuous business model innovations in a book environment? Sure. 
So when we take VUCA itself, um, you know, the applicability of VUCA transcends industries. It, it could be in our personal life. It could be in our professional life. So before we go into what changes do we need to look at, we need to define what would we mean by VUCA when we say in a business environment. So V, which is nothing but volatility, could be any change in market condition. So it could be like a new technology trend which is coming in. Or a customer or a consumer itself might want to look at things differently. So the volatility could be any change in market trend which is driving uh, like you know newer technology, newer products being created. Uh, second, when we look at uncertainty, basically we're not able to look at past data to see how do we predict what is going to happen in the future. So if I say that you know based on past data I've sold so many products. Is that trend going to continue? Can I use that past data to make future decisions or forecast what is going to happen? So there is, uh, there is, uh, we are not able to uh, currently do that. And then when we come to see, or which is nothing but the complexity of it. So how do we look at the cause and effect of various things which happen? So when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, we would have never thought that the pandemic would have spurred probably a shortage of toilet paper, like you know, in the Western part of the world. So these are totally unrelated things and you know finding out that cause and effect is very difficult in the VUCA environment and finally ambiguity we all keep hearing about data data is everywhere how do we interpret this data how do we use this data to make right decisions how do we uh, use this data to make right decisions and you know not have high risk so this is how i would uh, define VUCA for the business environment now, when we've defined VUCA for the business environment, uh, and how do we want to apply it or look at it for businesses? So there are three approaches, or there are three things which we should continuously keep looking at. First thing is to sense, to keep seeing what is happening around us, analyze what we sense, and finally is to act. So when we come to sense, um, like, you know, that is continuously understanding what is happening around us. So this itself, I would probably look at it as two levels. First is uh, something called a spelt, where we look at the social, the political, the economical, the legal, the technological. So we look at all the macro environmental factors. Do I see that there's going to be a new regulation? Do I see that you know there's going to be a change in technology trend? Like right now, we're all talking about chat GPT, which is coming. So Google, which was, you know, very strong for the last 10, 15 years within the space is threatened by a new technology. So understanding what is happening at a macro environmental level. The second is one level deeper. So if I'm a firm or a business and I'm, I'm at the center, I try to have a 360 degree view around me. What is happening to my customer? What are the changes happening to my customer's customer? And what are the changes happening to my channel partners? Are they um, still, uh, do we see any changes in how they are taking the products forward? What are the changes happening in my developmental partners, whether it is an internal development partner, external development partner. So keeping ourselves at the center, we are trying to have a 360 degree view in terms of understanding what is happening in the world around us. Once we have a combination of both the macro as well as this 360 degree view, we'll have to look at various data parameters to identify like you know how uh, where, where is this impact going to be is this impact uh, you know across all economies is this impact going to be only on a particular industry is it going to impact only one customer segment 
So understanding where that level of impact, that is one uh, very key important thing to look at when we want to see uh, what are the triggers for the change. The second thing which we want to see is who is it impacting? So is it impacting my customers? Am I seeing a change in my channel? Who is this change impacting? And then the third most important thing is how long will the impact be? So uh, when the COVID pandemic started, we thought this is going to be the new norm. So a lot of uh, remote working was the most common thing. A lot of people moved really far away from office spaces, rental properties decreased. And now within two years, we see a reversal of the trend. Companies want people to go back to office. So like, you know, having a watch of how long that entire trend is going to be is very important. Even in case of organizations where um, they went and hired a lot because they thought, you know, digital is going to be the new trend. Online shopping is going to be the new norm. And right now we're seeing the situation where a lot of workers have to be let go because the trend impact as well as the number of years where we're going to look at the trend was not looked at correctly. So uh, in summary, like, you know, any change, uh, we should first assess to see who is it impacting, how long is the impact going to be, and where do we see the impact as well. And with these factors in mind, we should also evaluate if it's going to be an opportunity or a threat. So again, when we look at the COVID pandemic, um, so what could be a threat for one person is an opportunity for another business. Um, somebody who was in the PPE business or in the mask making business, or even Zoom, for example, it was a huge opportunity for them because everything was digital. So uh, analyzing these factors is important to see what could be the trigger for your business model innovation. Okay, but there's so many, I'm thinking now what you're saying, it's, not, it's a whole system and there's so many factors and they're interrelated, but also interchanging. They're changing all the time. So you have to be, you, know, you have to be at your top game, aware of all the changes that are going on. Correct. Unfortunately, there is no one uh, data point which is going to give all the answers or there is no one holy grail. So it's, it's a combination of all data. And it's also identifying what are those metrics which are very important. Like, you know, uh, it's trying to understand uh, which metrics are important. How do I look at that particular metrics? Uh, just as an example, uh, if you look at a lot of consumers who are coming and visiting a website, so we might say about 10,000 consumers are daily coming and visiting my website. But out of that, probably only 10% are completely going through their entire cycle and purchasing a product. So if I were to look at a metric saying I have 10,000 customers who are coming every day, it's a completely wrong metric because what translates is only the 10 customers who are buying. So data as well as understanding which point to use in that data is particularly very important. Wow. That's a whole process. So what should be our focus in the VUCA world? Should it be managing existing businesses or looking at new innovations? What do you believe? That's a very interesting question. So um, I was just recently reading an article as well, where it said that uh, during the pandemic, um, industries, they cut down spending and innovation by about 33%. So um, like, you know, when, when there is uh, any kind of change or instability in the environment, a lot of companies try to consolidate and focus on their core business. So they don't look at uh, like, you know, expanding or looking at innovations. But historically, if we look at the world, post any change, post any economic downturn is when there have been new innovations or there has been new disruptions which have come in. So the first thing uh, which probably we need to look at is, you know, understand the change is going to be the only constant. 
and you know understand that what got us here is not going to get us there uh, next we should not look at like you know what are the solutions of yesterday to solve problems which are going to come tomorrow so that being said like you know when uh, uh, we have our existing business and there is always a debate should i look at something new or should i look at something existing i would say we should take buka itself and give it a spin so like you know if i take buka and instead of volatility he plays it with vision so can i have a very strong vision that you know this is what an organization stands for so again to give an example from the pandemic because that's the latest instability so a lot of my examples are stemming from there but um, we saw a lot of manufacturing companies they pivoted to making mask at this particular point of time so they did realize there was a challenge a lot of products in consumption there was a uh, huge disruptions in supply chain so they pivoted their vision was to still use the manufacturing plant but can we look and focus on manufacturing something else so how do we keep that vision constant but keep our plans and goals uh, more fluid more agile so that we are able to change according to the times the second thing is changing from uncertainty to understanding so understanding means what exactly do our customers want like you know what has been a change in what the customer wants and needs how can i look at that particular change and a lot of it just doesn't come from sitting within you know our buildings and trying to think of what the customer wants it's actually going out of the building talking to them understanding seeing like you know trying to understand their behavior what are some of the things that they are looking at how can we address uh, in this particular market the third thing is changing from complexity to communication so communication is a, a key when it comes to uncertain environments um, we don't know where things are heading there is a lot of fear there is a lot of ambiguity so a clear communication in terms of what is it that we want to look at what are some of the things which we need to change that really helps in changing from complexity to communication and finally um, like you know ambiguity could be read or uh, looked at in terms of agility so agility means not just you know spinning off new products and uh, taking it to the market but also doing it in a very systematic way can i just have like one feature which i can demonstrate to a customer and see what is their interest can i uh, just look at creating demos so that they are able to see what the end essence is and then taking it from there so uh, i would you know say vuka itself could be spin this way where we look at the vision where we try to understand more where we try to communicate more and be agile and then uh, when it comes to existing businesses or like you know looking at new topics or exploration i would say it should be a mix of both can we look at our existing business can we innovate can we look at any adjacencies newer customer segments or can we look at uh, like you know newer payment models rather than going off to a completely uh, new solution which will take a lot of investment which will take a lot of efforts so ideally the answer would be somewhere between both what do you think a company needs though to turn negative vuka into positive vuka what are the skills that yeah. the needs or just the company as a whole yeah so uh, i think one of the most important skills is agility like you know the company should be open to thinking should embrace that there are uncertain times and uh, not look at see why did we not identify it or what what went wrong rather than analyzing what went wrong at that particular point of time the focus should be on what next and this has to be uh, something which is embedded within the culture of the organization 
it should not be just one person's vision which is i need to look at what is next the entire organization should you know have that kind of attitude to see what changes can be done what are some of the things which we need to look at and do differently in order to take things forward okay and is a company's vision is it something set you believe or does it have an expiration date or is it ever changing so the vision is something which you know should be set in stone but uh, i believe the goals as well as what we want to achieve and how do we take uh, that forward is something which should change with times so a company's vision is what it stands for what it's built for how to get to that particular vision or how to achieve that particular vision is something which can change over time and which can uh, like you know uh, be something which is not set in stone how can innovation in business models drive adoption in a VUCA world? Yeah, uh, again, like, you know, that's a very interesting question. So when we look at innovations in business model, so innovations itself is comes across different categories. So we always think of innovations as coming up, coming up with something totally new, which is disruptions in itself. Um, we think of uh, innovations that, you know, I'm currently in a particular domain. Let me uh, think or develop a product which is completely different. But rather than looking at uh, like you know uh, innovations which is radically different, first we should look at our own product or solution which we have and look at what are some of the adjacencies. So when we talk about business model innovation, so here I want to give an example. Uh, before uh, uh, like you know right now I'm in Canada. Before that I was in India in a city called as Bangalore. So during the pandemic, um, there were some um, farmers nearby who were supplying microgreens as well as uh, various different types of greens. They were exporting it to other countries in the world. And because of the pandemic, because of the restrictions, they were not able to export these products. So what they started doing was um, we were um, staying in an apartment. They started selling it in the apartment uh, itself. Like, you know, they kept a very small kiosk. They started selling it directly to consumers. And for us also, it was very interesting because these were mustards, greens, um, basil, which is not very commonly uh, sought after. And uh, it was a novel thing. And then consumers started buying it. Like, and slowly they realized that, you know, there is an interest from consumers within the country itself. And um, they went systematically. So then they created a WhatsApp group. So they used to post what are some of the produce, what is it coming that week? What are some of our interests? And then based on how uh, our particular interest was picked, they then developed a small app. And then uh, with that app, they enabled that, you know, we could place orders on any particular day. And then they went off uh, from that app, they started off delivery services as well. So look at their entire disruption. For so many years, they were exporting these microgreens um, outside India. And then when this opportunity came, rather than thinking of what to do, they completely changed their customer segment. So rather than going from business to business and exporting outside, they went direct to customers. And um, by that, they were able to change their customer segment. They were able to understand what this customer segment could want. And over a period of, I think, four or five months, they were able to completely pivot and keep their businesses intact. So when we look at co-businesses, this is another thing to see if the same product can have a different customer segment where they could be a similar interest. Similar to that, um, like, you know, when we uh, look at um, channels itself. So uh, we had a lot of restaurants who had to be closed because of the pandemic. A lot of them shut shop. They were not able to manage. But some of them, they started takeaway services. They started, like, you know, we could do an online ordering. 
and delivery services started. So now the business is again the same. So instead of a physical channel, they were able to pivot to a digital channel. So that is again a change when we talk about a fundamental innovation, but looking at just changing the channel without changing the customer segment. And similarly, we had many organizations move from um, like, you know, a capital-based pricing where you had to pay a fixed amount to a subscription-based pricing, like how we pay for Netflix or any other consumer services. Yeah. So when we talk about business model innovations, it is trying to innovate, trying to see newer customer segments, trying to look at uh, newer business models. Can we move from traditional payments to paper services, paper usage? So we've had examples where uh, I think in remote parts of Africa, uh, there was a company who tried to move from uh, giving water, um, like, you know, boiling water, uh, where they were paying for using that boiling water. So about uh, $5 or so paper usage for the water. So even in a very traditional domain, we're able to see how businesses are able to make changes within their business model itself. And all of these, especially in the VUCA world, helps you to drive adoption because um, you are the first one to see how to use your current opportunity, current offering to see how can we look at newer segments? How can we look at newer business models? How do we look at newer partnerships and then take it forward to still keep our business successful? I do it. And these businesses that you mentioned, they're small businesses. So it's not like I'm sure they didn't have like a business advisor, someone to tell them what to do. So it was mainly they were driven by just surviving as a business. Correct. Uh, that is true. And uh, a large business as well, if you look at it, is also a combination of many small businesses, many units, uh, which is under a large organization and process. So um, if we always uh, look at a large business as one big entity, but rather if we could look at each of these units and those units looking at how they can serve their customers, then by accumulation of small, we could still drive innovations in large organizations. It's a nice skill set to have to be able to turn to pivot is the word from what they say now uh, to be able yeah. to turn something into something else okay. yeah that's true what skill set what skill set is required in an individual to do that what does he have to have other uh, than a vision i think the most important thing is uh trying to understand the customers like um um, the mindset has shifted quite radically to believe that, you know, I am building products which have to be sold to building products which the consumer wants. That is the biggest change in mindset. So earlier organizations focused on building products and then they were back with very strong marketing teams to market the product, change the consumer behavior and try to adopt the product. But now it's trying to understand, does this customer actually need this product? Do they want this product? And it's between the spoken and unspoken lines. Uh, so we've had an example where we were trying to, uh, you know, understand how do we understand customer behavior? So one particular example, you go to a person and uh, this is for an application where you're trying to find out the healthy heating habits and propose a solution which is on, uh, which is diet based. So you go to them and then you ask them like, you know, um, like what is the food you eat or how, how frequently do you exercise? And then we always tend to put our best behavior forward. And we say, I exercise pretty frequently, or, you know, this is how I eat. But then, uh, like, you know, trying to even understand customer behavior is understanding what goes on in their life. Like, uh, instead of asking them directly, what is it that you do? Because a lot of times we tend to put in our best behavior. 
it's trying to understand what, what you do in, uh, in on a daily basis like you know when you get up what are some of the things you do so it's a lot of science trying to you know uh, find out between the spoken the unspoken lines and trying to see where the opportunity lies so for a person to take it forward uh, more than the vision i think it is you know being with the customer understanding deeply with them trying to understand what goes on in their life between the spoken the unspoken and then trying to translate those uh, things which they learn in terms of how it impacts their current products and solutions you emphasize on understanding what the customer wants so it's not creating a need for your product it's understanding if the customer wants your product or not correct yeah correct uh, a lot of innovations are very successful when they understand where is the current gap like you know what does the customer need visa was trying to make a product and then trying to push it because you might be disrupted again by somebody who's building it in terms of what the customer actually wants but creating the need in the customer is like creating something uh, inventing something and then trying to create a need in the customer for them to want it it's something different uh, actually not. Yeah. because sometimes the customer does not know what the product is he's not aware of his need get it so um like you know uh, that is why you're trying to understand what happens on a daily basis with him and you're very right when you say like you know uh, we don't directly ask him do you need this product but we try to understand what is it that they daily do in their life what are the challenges that they are currently facing so um, even when we looked at uh, an innovation like a walkman which is quite redundant now but when sony came with the walkman so the need statement there was uh, how do i look at listening to music on a portable way so there was nothing which was done or nothing which was there earlier but again a walkman was not created and then uh, they didn't try to push it in the market this was a need statement which came from the customers itself how do i listen to music on the go and that need statement spurred the invention of the walkman okay so they covered a customer need okay but i think it's more difficult to create something to create a new product and then create a market need correct yeah it, it is not impossible but it is all the more challenging but when you have the need which is coming from the other side then it's easier to build according to that particular uh, need it's very interesting very interesting yeah. i think spiros has some questions to ask also but do me so those that all those uh, interesting things that you shared until now uh, apply both to products and services uh, it applies to both products and uh, services as well um, like you know when uh, especially when you look at uh, providing services uh, and with with the advancements in technology they have been quite some changes in terms of how services itself have been impacted so when we look at our uh, telecommunications so we rapidly advanced from 2g to 3g 4g and now 5g so um, like you know uh, like the entire understanding of how we should react in vuca is common for both products and services across all industries mm -hmm. okay um, what was the most challenging project that you involved with <laughs> uh that's a very uh, interesting uh, question so i think uh, in my previous organization uh, most uh, challenging product i was involved with was uh, building a solution for a laboratory based uh, uh, device solution so here it was completely new for the company which i was working with they were completely new in that space so understanding the domain understanding where there is a current market gap 
um, trying to you know fight or work with the other um, incumbents who are very strongly entrenched in the space and then developing this product uh, that was a huge challenge and most of the learning stemmed from there we've spent uh, hours on in laboratories trying to just sit there and observe what is it that uh, they are doing how is it that they are you know uh, 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 bringing out results what are some of the challenges they face um, like you know what is the turnaround time for them when they get a blood sample all the way to printing a report so all of uh, like you know trying to create that entire framework i think that was the most challenging as well as one of the most interesting projects i worked on how how long did uh, did it last how much time did you need for uh, for find all these uh, elements uh, so like you know the entire analysis or market gap was about uh, six months to one year but then the whole product development was close to four to five years where uh, we were trying to continuously gauge the market interest go back try to understand and then pivot based on the market needs so like i said even in terms of the business models the channels based on the learnings from the market there were two three pivots which happened uh, within the entire life cycle okay and what are the three four main challenges that you uh, that you were not aware about by the time that you started the implementation yeah i think uh, the biggest challenge was um, in terms of changes in technology itself so this was a hardware product and uh, by the time uh, we had reached a certain le level of maturity trying to understand the market demand we realized that one of the core components which we had worked on for the last 2 3 years uh, was going to you know manufacturing was going to be stopped and there was going to be a new pro uh, new uh, device which is part of the overall product so that meant going back to the wireframes again trying to see how this new product will fit uh, doing the validations again i think that was one uh, big challenge and second thing like i said uh, we started at a time where digital was not a big phenomena and by the time we were closer to hitting the market um like you know doctors were more used to seeing results on their mobile phone everything had to be remote everything had to be connected and when we started we thought it would be um, like you know a completely remote solution which you can use where there is no connectivity but within that short span of 2 3 years connectivity became ubiquitous so then it became very essential to have connected element as part of it so i think in that 2 3 years the macroeconomic environment had changed quite a lot and these were things which had to be redone go back work on it and then come back again amazing so much uh, effort and uh, by talking about effort uh, do you believe that um, the um, the work that we do at the end of the day is well paid <laughs> uh i think uh, the payment is more in terms of the satisfaction um the satisfaction of seeing your product out there in the market i think uh, there is absolutely nothing which compensates for it i love the answer so uh how where and how can someone find you and contact you sure i am on uh, linkedin and uh, my name is madhumita swaminathan again so you can uh, find me on linkedin um, and i'm based out of canada Thank you, Maria. Okay, I was going to ask you what's the best part of your job. So, but I, I'm thinking about the result you just said it. So, what part of yeah. your job do you love the most? What the creation part? You, you said seeing your product. I think uh, the best part is for it to go live. It's it's uh, again like a delivery where I feel I've delivered my baby, and I'm just waiting to see how the world reacts to it. Uh, it's it's the most exciting and it's also most nerve wracking because you don't know how the acceptance is going to be. It's a mix of both, but I just love that. Of course. 
So Madhu, what makes you different from other experts in your area? Uh, I think uh, more than anything else, I've been fortunate to work across different aspects of the entire product process. Um, like, you know, I've been fortunate to be across the entire value chain and uh, worked in large organizations back with, um, like, you know, uh, good funds. But at the same time, you know, working in a startup-like environment, trying to be agile, trying to, you know, work across different functions. So I've been in recruitment. I've tried to find people. So I've done all uh, kinds of different functions and uh, uh, worked in a startup-like environment. But at the same time, we always have the safety net that there's a large organization backing you. So I think uh, that is one experience which uh, sets me apart from anybody else is what I believe. And your passion. You talk with a lot of passion about what you do and someone can tell that you love it. So Yeah, thank you. It's what keeps me really energetic, uh, you know, for the uh, day. That's wonderful. So any advice, any wisdom for our audience? Something that you would like to close with? Um, I think, like, you know, uh, the only advice I would give is, like, um, you know, look forward to change. Be open to change. Uh, it is not something when you see that, you know, you will have to run the opposite direction. But it could always be a new opportunity. Something better could always open up. So really open up and embrace change. And do not get scared with VUCA. Remember, you can always change it, you know, to vision and understanding communication and agility. So that is what I would say. That is beautiful advice. I agree also with it. So thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much for having me here. I had a great time talking to both of you. We did too. I enjoyed it extremely. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here to another Women's Council. Uh, more information about Matu, uh, you will find down to the comments. And looking forward to see you to our next one. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.